0: You're listening to the Finding Your Future in Food Systems podcast, hosted by the North American Food Systems Network. The North American Food Systems Network is a professional development association for people working to strengthen local and regional food systems. In this podcast, we present different businesses and organizations across Europe working to develop food systems in their communities and across the continent. In this episode, we'll be talking about slow food with Yorit. Our goal here is to introduce organizations that you may be able to learn from and get involved with. Now let's dive in and meet our guest.
1: Um, hello, I am Jerrit Kiewik. I am the executive director of Slow Food Youth Network and part of the board of directors of Slow Food International. Uh, I'm originally from the Netherlands. I'm 31 years old and I grew up at the small scale dairy farm in the eastern side of the Netherlands. At the family farm of my parents where I grew up, I realized that that I love agriculture. I love how food is being produced and I love the story behind food. So in my late teens, I decided to study agriculture entrepreneurship. I went to university and uh, really dove into the, the world of, the, of agriculture. And what I noticed there is that I find it rather weird that the people will produce the food for the, all of us. Um, are not often rewarded for the labor that they're putting into yeah into into our food into our diets and I was really looking for solutions in order to to yeah stop that and and make sure that that every yeah labor that's that's being put into diets and into our food to something that's so important for uh our life that people should be truly rewarded for that so I was looking for organizations that are working for that. I worked for a while in uh, communication and uh, working on uh, digital platforms where people would join the dialogue around sustainability and then mainly around the dairy industry. And not long after, I um, I found out about Slow Food and I was invited to be one of the uh, two and a half thousand young farmers that went to the expo in Milan where Slow Food Youth Network was holding a counter protest against the world expo in uh, in milan and um, the world expo was based or teamed feeding the planets but something that was really missing were actually the stakeholders that were actually feeding the uh, planets so uh, slow food youth network got our two and a half thousand young farmers they brought them in from all over the world with crowdfunding had them couch surfing uh, in the local municipality in Milan. And yeah, we were really countering the um, uh, yeah, the, the status quo at the, at the expo. And the, the cool thing was that, that for four days I, I met so many young farmers and we worked on this collective statement, this collective letter to the world where we basically stated that we feed the planet and it's not the expo feeding the planet. That's where I got to know Slow Food and Slow Food bringing together people from all over the world being active in over 160 countries globally with millions of activists uh, is something very very inspiring for me and it's made me join the um, made me join the movement and yeah that's being eight Mm -hmm. years ago now I went yeah relatively quick through the, the process of being a volunteer in a local in a local community yeah. to joining the uh, national office of Slow Food Youth Network in the Netherlands, where uh, not much later, after joining them as their director, I founded the, the International Slow Food Youth Network Office, which aims to coordinate all our local communities in order to have the most, yeah, most impact on the on, on the food system that we uh, that we're all part of. Yeah. That's a bit about me, in short. Amazing.
0: Yeah, thank you. So could you now talk about what is Slow Food? And then under that, what is Slow Food? Absolutely.
1: So Slow Food is a global grassroots organization, which is founded approximately 30 years ago. By a journalist called Carlo Petrini, he. Um, it was founded in the in in Italy, and it was a counter reaction to actually the first McDonald's coming to Italy. Italy, oh. as you might know, is, is very famous for its rich food culture with different plates dominating the uh, yeah dominating the kitchens all over the country, and they are different in all of the countries. And when McDonald's came, it was a it was a sign of uh, unification it was a sign where there, 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 there would be a restaurant coming to town which which would serve a product which would taste exactly the same as it would uh, as it would taste in another part of the world that was something that Carlo regretted uh, he he was so proud of the kitchen and he was so proud of the, the, the rich culture behind products at the plate that he basically started campaigning against this, this, this opening, he started sharing pastas in front of the, the, the Spanish Steps in Rome, and wow. people actually wow. liked the idea of thinking about culture. So not much uh, after that, in Paris, Slow Food was being founded in order to really prevent the disappearance of local food cultures and traditions and counteract the rise of fast life and combat people's dwindling interest in the food they eat. and now you could, yeah, consider slow food as a, as a movement that, that works for a good, clean and fair food system for all, in which good means that food should be healthy, it should be tasty, it should be nutritious. Clean means that food should be produced in a way that it's not harming the environment. It should be yeah clean for your body. And when you work, for example, with animals in the food chain, that you treat them with maximum respect, that you make sure that they are living in ways that they, that they would do in their natural behavior. And fair means that um, food should be accessible for everybody, that it should be affordable for everybody, but also that the producer who, who produces the food is... Yeah, is, is being paid a, a a fair salary for for the labor he's putting into the the production of uh, food. So Slow Food is active in over uh, hundred hundred sixty countries, uh, uniting over a million of people together. You know, really working towards this more sustainable food system. And as part of that, there is the Slow Food Youth Network, which is a thematic network within the wider Slow Food family. And Slow Food Youth Network basically has the same goals in order to, yeah, make the food system more sustainable, but does this by organizing campaigns and, and, and projects, which really bring together youth in between 18 and 32 years old, again, from all over the food chain, in, in, in order to shape their, their, their vision on the future of food, and also utilizing their their momentum in life. They're a very, yeah, a very important phase in your life where you're basically moving from from high school from college to university and to your to your first job to your uh, yeah, your your career as a young professional and we really try to to empower youth to to not only make the right decisions but also to make the the most possible impact within your own reality
0: wow thank you so what type of work can you see slow food and slow food youth network doing you mentioned there is a lot of campaigning but what kind of other work is being done within that space to kind of advance the food system
1: so slow food as a yeah when, when i speak about slow food or slow food youth network it, it's important to realize that that's again we're one family so we work mm-hmm. with one strategy just the, the the target group might be a bit different um, but yeah. in order to to realize change we basically focus on three pillars which are the protection and enhancement of biodiversity um, which is the education of, you know, of consumers, of professionals, and, and really just educating people in order to do better. And at last, it is advocacy, in which we try to advocate for sustainable food systems to public entities, but also private companies in order to create a change within their policies, in order to um, make the food system more sustainable. We have different projects within those pillars. I don't know if you would like to, to for, for me to dive in there.
0: Yeah, that'd be great.
1: All right. So for uh, biodiversity, for example, what we do is bring people together around our Gardens in Africa project. We have a project called 10,000 Gardens in Africa, where we promote um, the development of agroecological gardens in the continent of Africa where we gather um, local biodiversity and educate the, the the local yeah the local society about the the value of biodiversity, the value about agro, agroecological practices in order to, to do better on your own. We also promote local farmers in order to preserve the local biodiversity, to produce local products and, and products that are native to your own reality. So Something that you see in, in in our current time of age is that that's basically everything all over the world is being standardized, where you can find one one type of, of grain or one type of, t- type of potato that that's the same in the U- United States or in Europe or or in Africa or Latin America, and this is something that we that we feel that is a waste because. Your, your local product is basically adapted to your local realities, adapted to your local climate and also adapted to your local needs on, uh, from a nutrient level but also how, how the ecosystem functions. So we try to promote farmers to produce the, these native products. But in order to make sure that they can actually do that, we try to ate it, eat it to, to, to save it. We try to, or we try, we, we work with chefs and professionals in order to utilize these local products in their, in their kitchens. We make sure that the products that are being produced by, by local farmers are also being found in the, in the local kitchens of restaurants. That local chefs are utilizing that and product developers are are integrating these local biodiverse varieties into into the products that they're developing in order to to give them more um, more space. So this is part of what we do across biodiversity. Uh, When we speak about education, we work a lot on uh, education within schools. We work a lot on, on campaigns uh, which enhances information and, and knowledge on on the impact of your diet. So, for example, how to how to eat uh, with less impact on the climate, and that's really based on on a consumer level. And when you then look into a professional level, we work on on a variety of educational programs and capacity bur- uh, building workshops. Where we gather groups of professionals in order to, to really de- yeah develop their to develop their knowledge and, and one one project that I would specifically like to highlight is the Scholvo Network Academy, which is a project that that has been started approximately 15 years ago in the Netherlands and mm-hmm. has the goal to to bring together 25 people from all throughout the food system from all throughout the countries. And from from an age range in between, again, 18 and 32 years old, we bring them together and we put them on a journey that takes half a year in which they dive into different steps of the food chain, in which they dive into the reality of, for example, the dairy industry or the the, the world of fisheries or even the healthcare sector in order to fully understand what actually the status quo is. Um, But also we try to show them what alternatives are and we don't go there and say like okay so this is Slow Food's mission and this is this is our our opinion on that but we really just want to show the group of people uh, which which again uh, differs from a young farmer to a marketeer at a big entity to a product developer or a wine sommelier it can can be anyone as long as it's uh, they're not overlapping with their with their skills and with their background. And we literally take them on this journey. And, and by going collectively on this, uh, on this journey, we, we, we make sure that they are figuring out what their own values about the food system are. We are not interested in, in, in educating and saying, saying this, these groups of people like, okay, this, you should farm like this or you should eat this specific kind of fish. And and that that's based around the fact that we have a more holistic perception of what the food system should be looking like. And that for every individual professional that, that might look a bit different. But together you 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 create this group of people, this group of future food leaders, which are are defining their, their 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 fishing collectively. And in five years from now, they will be in the boardrooms, they will be making a career and defining oh. where their uh, reality is going. So we really try to, to make sure that by educating uh, youth in a, in a relatively early stage of their professional yeah. career, um, they're able to, to make the biggest impact uh, once, they, once they brew through. Um, at last, something that might be interesting is our advocacy work. Um, so we, we do have an uh, advocacy office that that works on, on different levels. So we work on an international level within, the, within the, the system of the United Nations. Then we work in Europe, uh, mainly in Brussels on the, uh, the European reality, uh, which basically unites all the European countries in order to, um, yeah, to, to define legislation around the world of food. And we work on, on both national and local levels in order to change food policies, to change food environments in order to, to do the best possible. Um, wow. And for that, we really engage and, and mobilize our world movement in order to yeah to stress the importance of sustainable food, of good food policies. And um, yeah, let's say a common food policy in order to make our, our planet more sustainable.
0: Wow. It sounds like slow food is just... It has their hands everywhere and is doing a lot of incredible work in so many different areas in respect to food. The Academy, I was curious, you mentioned while we were talking about the Academy that Slow Food has. And I was wondering, for those people that are interested in maybe attending the Academy, do they have to have a background in food prior to the program or is it open to anyone?
1: That's a very good question. So the fun thing about the academy is that it's really open to everybody. So everybody who's, who's interested in, in the food system can, they join the academy. The issue, of course, is that there are limited spaces available. So right. um, there is, uh, it, 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 yeah, it's very important to realize that, that every swing community that organizes a local academy, which mm-hmm. currently happens in, in, for example, the Netherlands, in Germany, but also in Korea, Uganda, um, in Mexico, in Brazil, and hopefully also very soon in the United States. We're really working on, on creating this group that collectively can make the most impact. So um, we don't believe that, that that's just farmers that can make a change, or just policymakers, or just caterers, or just marketeers. It's really about creating that, uh, yeah, the, the network of uh, different people, where specifically people from outside the food system can play a massive role. Where specifically people and creatives, which are not so much involved within the food system, can can really, yeah, open up uh, visions into new directions. So we're definitely open in in order, yeah, in order to fully engage them within the academy program. Absolutely,
0: awesome. I'll have to take a look at that. I wanted to talk about education a little bit more. And so you mentioned that Slow Food does a lot of education work and it plays a huge role in Slow Food's mission. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the impact of education in, in the community and kind of how do you measure it?
1: Well, I think this this really depends on where you're educating. When you, for example, look into primary schools, You see that children currently have less and less knowledge about where their food is coming from. And this results in in different, this manifests in different ways. So, for example, you can see that children with less knowledge of food are having less healthy eating habits. Uh, They they are more prone to suffer from, uh, let's say, uh, wealth-related Issues like obesity. They have less. Their results in school are often lower than people who are than, than children who are having good diets. So, uh, one of the things that I've been working on in the past is a is a campaign that promotes uh, food education for every child in primary schools.
0: And this yeah. is really
1: to overcome the the knowledge gap that's currently there within a new generation of children growing up and literally. Being so distant from the food system, they are able to manifest and and, and highlight who is playing in, in their in their favorite football team, or they can highlight what uh, what this new app on your iPhone can do. But they cannot recognize the difference between a carrot and a potato, or know how is being produced, or where a fish is coming from, and. By educating them, you can really see that their knowledge is going up, but that they're also more interested in what their diet is like. As a positive result, you also see that the parents of these children, they're actually being triggered in order to, to think more about the, the food that they're serving in their homes, and that they're triggered in order to serve more healthy, more local, and more sustainable food to to their families. So th- this is one one part of a, of a really concrete uh, result of, you know, of education. When you look into professionals and if, if you look into people like you and me who would like to make a change within the food system and are mm-hmm. active within your own reality, we're often kind of blindfolded by impact that we could potentially have. So one of the, the, the results of, for example, our academy are often collaborations between different parts and links in the, in the food chain in which, uh, for example, marketeers of of big uh, soda manufacturers are decreasing their uh, sugar content in their drinks. You can yeah. see that people are working in restaurants in, in high traffic locations, or changing their they're changing their offerings in order to, to have more uh, locally produced um, foods available, that they're reducing salt fats and sugars within their their restaurants but above all that they make the more healthy choice more applicable uh, or more more accessible and at last we really try to to have the people from our educational programs really apply their their knowledge in their daily life that can be again from something very small of changing your shopping habits and maybe buy something a little bit more sustainable to something that, that really changes the reality of multiple people, of uh, the people who shop in your in the shop that you manage, or the people who are drinking the product that you're producing for them. So, yeah, we all have a responsibility, but often we're not really much aware about how much impact we can actually have and how much better we can actually make this world.
0: Yeah. So speaking of that kind of leads me to my next question. So you're saying how we should change our personal habits. I know a lot of people kind of they're thinking, oh, my one decision at the store isn't going to create change. And that's something that I feel like resonates with a lot of people. And they, they feel not unmotivated, but, you know, it is something that stops them from maybe picking a better apple that is local to them or something like that. What would you say to someone who feels, you know, like there needs to be more higher policy changes instead of them taking individual action. Well, I'll
1: be the first to 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 admit that there needs higher policy action yes, in order to, to change change yeah. our, our, our world, to change our yeah, our ecosystem. But sure. something that that I really realize and that that a lot of people are, are understanding is that especially when you when you feel helpless, it's very important to see that every every single decision you take is having an impact on the world that one apple that you might buy from from a local farmer might promote him in order to promote more of it and not so much because you're the person asking for its apples but you're creating an, an ecosystem of demand for producers who do better we often say that we're working towards giants but literally we are with millions and we really are capable of making this change collectively so when we decide not not to throw away our food after a meal Mm -hmm. when we have leftovers when you do that by your by your own you might have a very very small impact but Mm -hmm. when we do a campaign for example around food waste and we unite thousands and thousands and thousands of people doing the exact same thing with zero effort, literally. We are saving truckloads of food waste. We are promoting so many good products and we are promoting so many best practices among our uh, o- among our movement and among our individual reality. And it is always very important to realize that we are not alone in this fight. And it yeah. is you thinking about how your own reality can maybe make an impact on, on the world. But it's often the small things that actually make a change. It's the small conversations yeah. you could have with a local farmer. It's the small demands you can uh, that you can make towards the, the place where you shop. It can be the, the, the lunchbox you bring to work which sparks a conversation about uh, a more sustainable food system. It can be the, the, your, your, the plastic bag that you refuse when you buy something and you, and you bring your cotton bag in order to do something something right. more impactful. And it's really about all these, these actions that accumulate into a bigger wave of change.
0: Yeah, every little thing counts.
1: Exactly.
0: Going back to education again, you mentioned that you were working on a program for younger students at school. I was curious to know if it's in Slow Food's kind of like maybe five-year plan or is to have a standard curriculum that are that is incorporated in all schools to have to learn about food. Because I know, I mean, school was a time ago, but I'm trying to remember, I definitely didn't learn anything about food. And it's so important. And you're right, there's so many kids now that don't know the difference between different vegetables or where they come from. Do you think in the future that that might be something that exists within schools?
1: Well, I think if we if we really want to change the world and if we really are looking into a sustainable future, um, we have to start with the future. And education yeah. is is one of the main pillars of, of the work that Slow Food is carrying out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we are continuously working on creating this curriculum to create this these programs that help individual activists in order to implement yeah to implement these tools at the local level. Because it's very important to realize that we are not a top-down organization. Um, we're a grassroots network of, of millions of activists on a global level. We unite in, in local communities in order to make a change. And our coordinate mm-hmm. our, our coordination which is centralized from from Italy but also from different national realities in the U.S. we have an office is allowing our local network in order to make a change. So, yes, we are working for guidelines for, for education, but we cannot make an, uh, a universal curriculum that that is the same for everything. And that that right. comes back to the diversity of our food system, something that's sustainable in Italy sustainable in the Netherlands might not be sustainable mm-hmm. in the United States or in, in, in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And it's very important that we really work together with our, with our local activists in order to transform our slow food philosophy into the local re- reality. And like that we yeah we support uh, and we create the, the tools for our, our local networks, but we will never create an international curriculum for children which goes right. into depth on on specific issues within the food system and specific products. But what we do offer, and this is also something that you can already find, for example, on our uh, in our resources, are specific yeah guidelines for for educators that they can utilize within their um, yeah within their, their 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 school packages in their education and. On the long term, we would love to to, to work more together with uh, with local realities, with local governments, mm-hmm. in order to make sure that food education is implemented within every single curriculum. That every yeah. single person who goes to school learns about the value of food and how yeah how that impacts the wider uh, wider environment and ecosystem.
0: Yeah, and do you see that being re- realistic? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Again, Slovet is working with so many different people. We're working with people from all throughout the food chain. So we also unite policymakers. We're also uniting educators. And in fact, when you speak about educators, we have a professionals network within our movement that gathers on a monthly basis in order to exchange best practices on, on uh, an education level, to share projects, to share tools in order to do better. And like that, on the long term, we're definitely able to to, facilitate this kind of educational practices.
0: That's amazing. And so for our listeners, if anyone is interested in getting involved with slow food, how can someone get involved, whether that's local chapters, um, volunteering or employment or internships? What does that look like if someone is interested in getting involved with slow food? And maybe it's not super hands on, but how can someone support you?
1: So I would definitely have a look at our social media, either from Slow Food or from Slow Food Youth Network. And from there, you can see what, what we're currently working on. So is there a campaign running on an international level that you can participate in as an individual? Or is there something that you that you can learn about, a toolkit that you can follow? From a uh, local perspective, you can always look if there is a local chapter, local community close to your Reality and it's most likely the case since we're active in so many, so many countries and so many realities. There's often a local community with you. In case you don't have one, feel free to, um, yeah, to to interact also on an international level. We do our best we can in order to to create an international community which which meets regularly. But also, which has all the content in order to, to develop your personal journey into a more sustainable food system. And one of the, the, the easiest thing that I can can suggest you doing is having a look at Slow Food the podcast, which is our own podcasting, which we really take you by the hand in order to learn more about the slow lifestyle, which really educates you on how to live more sustainable within the world of uh, within the context of, of food systems. And based on that, that could be your first step into your slow food journey? And based on that, you can also follow up with our community hangouts, with our international hangouts. You can join our te- one of our online Telegram or WhatsApp groups, um, really to start engaging with uh, yeah with people who are on a similar journey in order to mm-hmm. learn the the most uh, or yeah make the most of your 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 learning journey. But above all, to really. Yeah, engage with each other and, and feel part of a wider movement that's really active on a global level. And again, then when you look into to, to impact, it, it's very nice that you can, can be in touch with the person who produces the coffee that you drink in the morning, or that you can get in touch with the baker that, that saves a certain grain in order to yeah protect a, a certain culinary heritage of a certain area. And it's it's beautiful to bring these people together and also discover them within the network
0: yeah and you mentioned the toolkit could you kind of go into what that toolkit is is that for anyone to kind of utilize and use or is it directed towards certain groups
1: so we have a variety of of toolkits on our uh, on our website but the first thing that you could go to is um yeah get, again get to get to our social media and find the find the latest toolkits in the in the link and bio there Um, That will always be updated also on our website, you you will definitely find those toolkits are there for everyone, from individuals who want to make a change to communities that want to set up different projects. And once you're part of a wider community, it's also easier to reach out to our local coordinators, which are supporting you on your journey in order to create a change on on a local level with your local peers and which can also facilitate you and, and getting the right content to you in order to uh, yeah, make your journey a bit easier.
0: And so next question is, what advice would you give to someone that is transitioning to a food systems career or is looking to further develop their career? Do you have any advice on why they should work in food systems?
1: Yeah, so something that is often underestimated is that Our food system plays a massive role in the challenges that our generation is currently facing. If you look into the amount of greenhouse gases that our food system is is producing, this equals approximately 40% of of the total number, which is a massive impact. But at the same time, there are so many issues within our food system that are relatively easy to change. You realize that over a third of our food on a global level is being wasted. And this is being produced for for absolutely no reason. Wow. It, it's nuts. And this is these are things that we can solve. If you look into the amount of animal proteins that we're consuming on the global level, literally drowning the the resources that uh, that our Earth has to has to offer. There's so many things that you can address within uh, within the food system in order to save this planet. And from that perspective, I would really like to stress that the food system is not. Uh, the problem it's it's literally the the opportunity to it's literally the opportunity to, to make a change and solve the issues of our generation and mm-hmm. yeah I would really invite everyone to get involved within within green jobs but above all not simply looking for, for the, the yeah the, the easiest place to, to get started but wherever you start be critical on, on what impact you're having how are you influencing the wider food system and how is that impacting potential consumers or, or people who are related in, in, in the food chain you're you're active in? And once you're there, try to do better, try to make an impact. And like that, changing the food system has never been easier, has never been more fun because the impact can be enormous and, and it reaches all over the world.
0: Wow.
1: I would mainly like to share that it is important for 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 everybody to know that everyone has a choice to 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 make a change within the food system you can have a a hobby where you try to 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 do something good or where you enjoy nature but literally everybody on, on this planet needs to eat to survive and in order to to utilize that necessity of eating of consuming in order to 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 do better is something beautiful it is something that opens so many doors and it's something that really gives us the opportunity to you utilize our our being in order to to make a positive impact on this world. So I would in- invite everyone to 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 vote with your fork. Um, you're eating at least three times a day. And often we're eating more. Yeah. Um, and every single choice that you make is making a difference somewhere else in the food chain. And it's not to be underestimated how Every single small decision that you take is changing someone else's reality. So start with that. and From there, also move to to, to start conversations with your friends. And these doesn't have to be these uh, depressed conversations about how our planet is suffering and and the challenges that we're facing. But Mm -hmm. above all, how how beautiful the journey of food can be in order to be the solution. So I really invite you to 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 read into some some articles on, on, on sustainable food production and find your values and find find your passion within the food system because you're connected to it anyway and based on that uh, once you once you really want to get in uh, yeah get more engaged join a local slow food community join a local event uh, follow our Or or online uh, channels and and get involved in the conversation. Because like that, we create a a global wave of change and a global wave that, that is truly transforming the food system.
0: One last question to that. Then you mentioned voting with your fork. If someone is unfamiliar with, you know, that term and they're at the grocery store and they have no idea what voting with your fork means, how would someone get started in knowing what products they should look into, or how does someone vote with their fork?
1: Well, voting with your fork is a is a very easy principle, and and it really comes down to being critical to what you're yeah what you're consuming. I think it's very important to um, not get lazy when it's about the food system. So once once you buy something, ask yourself how where where is this coming from? If you have Two kinds of, let's say, apples. Have a look where they are from. How are they being produced? Are they are they conventionally produced? Are they organically produced? Maybe they are ecologically produced. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of terms going on around there, and I can imagine there's a lot of uh, uncertainty about that. But read into the the in the teams, it's not always that more sustainable is more expensive. In fact, when you start looking into into the issues, and wh- when you really start voting with your fork, you will realize that the things you will actually vote for are more plant based, um, more plant based foods, less uh, mm-hmm. single use plastics, less kilome- kilometers or miles that 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 a uh, that a product have have been travelled in order to reach you, uh, seasonal foods, and if you. Follow these kind of uh, parameters, and, and you and you figure: Is this food in season right now in my reality? If it is, eat it. Then it's good. You should promote it, and you should utilize that 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 crop and that uh, that harvest. If it's not, wait until it's local and getting in season in your in, in your area. Does this then mean that you cannot buy? coffee anymore or you cannot consume bananas anymore because they don't grow in your reality? No, absolutely not. But in case you buy those those products that are absolutely not native to your area, make sure that at least they're being produced with while taking care of the environment, while taking care of the producer, and that the producer of, of that product or the, the, the local ecosystem of that pro, uh, product is not being harmed by you consuming it like that there's a, a lot of change that you can make and it's actually easier that uh than, than you'll think and you also realize that it might cost you a bit more effort to kind of understand okay this is in season right now than this or mm-hmm. maybe it's more difficult to uh, to bring your your cotton back to 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 the market in order to prevent the usage of plastics but after a while you get into the rhythm and you also realize that the amount of plastic that you're saving, the amount of animal proteins that you've left aside, the amount of of collective impact that you you have made. And when you then look into the financial aspect of it, you will often also see that it's even cheaper to eat sustainable, that it's cheaper to eat according to the season, to eat local and cut the middleman out, to buy directly from farmers markets, to buy directly Mm -hmm. from, from your local producers and once you're there, also ask the questions about how is this being produced? What are your struggles this year? How, is there enough rain? Is there, if there's anything that relates to your profession, try to to do something about it. Try to utilize your circle of influence in order to make a change. And that brings us back uh, to voting with your fork because it's all about the decisions that you make. And we make a lot of mm-hmm. decisions every day and every single one of them has the potential to, yeah have a huge
0: impact. Amazing. I feel inspired to go now and research all the (laughs) foods around me.
1: (laughs) Sure, I'm very happy to hear.
0: Well, that's our episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Finding Your Future in Food Systems podcast. And thank you so much, Yerit, for sharing more information about slow food. Be sure to check them out on Instagram and follow them online. You can find us at foodsystemsnetwork.org, where you can find all of our social channels. If you're interested in being featured on the podcast or know an organization that would be, please feel free to email us at kim at foodsystemnetwork.org. And I'd like to give a special thank you to the composer of our intro and outro music Bill Vincent. And thanks again for listening and see you next time.